Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. And Backrack here. Today, we have a special guest with us who I think you will find to be inspirational to you on your goal achievement journey so you can have your ideal business and ideal life. Kyrie Barr is an executive leader known as the time bender at The Unstoppable Entrepreneur. She's a martial artist, which I think is super cool, and a former MBA lecturer. She helps elite entrepreneurs become game changers in their field and achieve million dollar plus breakthroughs in their business. Welcome, Kyrie. Welcome. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Very happy to be here. We are happy to have you. Let's just get started and dig right in. So how do you suggest that we bend time to achieve even more, whether it's at work or at home? Oh, I love that question. There is one thing that I think that I see uh, most people, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, struggle with, and that makes them waste a lot of time. And it is the whole concept of prioritizing. So my background is really in consulting, so strategic project management. So I spent more than a decade before my current position helping organizations really get to their goals with the resources that they had, whether it's the teams, the time, the money, et cetera. And one of the key things that we focused on to help those organizations get to their goals was the strategic planning, the prioritization more particularly. Right. So that is if you're looking to time bend, you need to prioritize. What most people do is they have a vision on one side and then they have a lot of tactics that they could do and they keep jumping from one thing to the next. They are doing all the things and not really getting anywhere. And that is because that piece between the tactics and the vision is priorities. Without priorities, you get extremely overwhelmed. So when I talk about time bending and I coined that term, if I had a superpower, that's probably what it would be. It's how do you look at your vision and all the things that you could do and just bring things to, let's say, the next 90 days? What am I going to focus on for the next 90 days only? And that could be one, two, three things maximum. And I go very hard at achieving those things. It can be a new habit. It can be a specific thing. Like for me at one point and one thing that I had to that I struggled with moving from corporate to the online world was I don't feel confident on camera. I was very confident in boardrooms, but not on camera on social media. So one of my 90 days was let me just focus on being really good on camera. And so I was recording something every single day, sweating bullets, struggling, but that I knew that if I could get over that, it would make everything else easier. And that's what I call time bending. When you sprint on a very small number of things and you sprint and you go really hard on two to three things every 90 days, within a year, you've done more than what most people do in a year, two years, three years, and you've done that in 90 days. And there's this amazing book that I can give as a reference for anyone who's interested in learning more about this called The 12 Week Year. I discovered the book last year, but this is something I've been doing for years because of martial arts. The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran is amazing to just understand that concept of really sprinting towards a very small number of goals in a short period of time and you achieve so much more like that. So this is one big tip for you all is whether it's your business or your life, what are the couple of things that could make the difference for you 
within the next 90 days? What is the habit? What is the project that could make really a big difference for your life and just dedicate yourself to it for 90 days and everything else is a distraction at that point? Boy, I certainly love, love, love that concept just to get super laser focused on one to three things in a shorter period of time. That is so key for so many people. What do you think are the key differences between entrepreneurs who, you know, make it seem easy and those who are struggling? I love that you said who make it seem easy because it's it's not easy. <laughs> and no matter how much they how much success they get, it does not get necessarily easy, but they become really good at solving things. So actually, one of the key let me see. Thinking about I get I have the opportunity and the honor of coaching hundreds of entrepreneurs every single week. And I've done that for a few years now. And one thing that I see that people who make it versus people who struggle, there's actually three things. One is the prioritizing uh, prioritizing that I talked about the people who make it or who make it seem easy, it's because they're not doing 100 things at the same time. They're very focused on a couple of different initiatives at any given time. Yes, there's always things that you're maintaining and that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, but in terms of new things, they're extremely focused. The second thing is their decision-making. And again, from experience, the people who succeed, the entrepreneurs that I see even in our community, go from zero to six figures to multiple six figures within a year, then they triple it the next year, then they quadruple it the next year, their decision making is extremely fast. They decide quickly and they jump on it, they take action very quickly, and then they stick to it. So this is actually the third thing, the consistency in their implementation. When I see people struggling, they don't stick to things long enough. I don't know if uh, any of you has heard about it, but there's two psychologists and I, I, I have a blank in my in memory right now in terms of their names, but they created this whole concept of the emotion, emotional cycle of change, right? And this was back in the 70s, still applies. And the whole concept of it was there's five different stages to go from where you are to where you want to be. And most people stop at stage three and they don't see it through and they don't make it, right? And whereas the people who go all, who pass specifically stage three, make it to the other side. And so those five stages are this one. So now when you're starting something, let's say you're starting a business or uh, you created a business and now you're looking to add something new to it. At the beginning of it is stage one, what they called uninformed optimism, meaning you don't know any better. You're just excited, like how kids are when there's something new. You don't know any better, so you're uninformed, but you're optimistic. So you're really excited about the transformation that's possible for you, et cetera. Then you go through stage two. Stage two is what they called informed pessimism. It's like, oh, now I know, I know better now, and this is not as easy as I thought it would be or it is not as fun as I thought it would be, or I might have to sacrifice a little bit more than I thought it would be, uh, that, that I thought I would have to. And so people start becoming very pessimistic. Then is the third stage is what they call the valley of despair. The valley of despair is where people just decide, no, I can't do this. This is not, does not work for me. Maybe I'm not smart enough, et cetera. And they quit and jump to the next thing. So when you see people talking about, oh, I have um, shiny object syndrome and things like that, especially in the entrepreneurial world, 
it's when we go through stages one, two, three, all the way to that valley of despair and we quit the thing we're doing, move on to the next. We repeat the whole thing from optimism to the valley of despair and move on to the next thing. Whereas the people who succeed, they stick to what's happening in that valley of despair and they focus on the solution so that they can move to stage four, which is informed optimism. So stage one was uninformed optimism. You're optimistic, but you don't know any better. Stage four, you're optimistic, but you know. You know that things are going to be hard. You know that you've already seen challenges, probably more coming, but now you're more confident in your ability to solve things. All right. So and then after that is stage five, which is the success and the fulfillment. So if we go back to the question of how does what are the differences between the people who make it and those who don't, they prioritize they decide quickly and then they stick to it so that even through that valley of despair, they know that there's going to be a solution and they focus on the solution versus their emotions and they see things through. I hope that's, that answers your question, Anne. It totally does. And I really enjoy hearing you say <laughs> prioritizing, you yes. know, because I constantly tell my clients, okay, you've always got to prioritize. We only yeah. have a limited amount of time available, so everything is always about prioritizing and obviously making decisions and making decisions fast. So mm -hmm. being laser focused, and I love the word, of course, consistent, because, again, most people aren't consistent, therefore get discouraged because yeah. they don't create consistency, which then allows them to, I think, in a very short period of time, they lose interest because, you know, hey, it's not working because it should be working by now. And, you know, why isn't it working by now? Well, you haven't consistently done anything to work, <laughs> you yeah. know, to even and go to get through it. Right. <laughs> exactly. And the thing with consistency, if you don't have it, you're constantly starting over and yeah. it becomes easier and easier and easier to quit. And it actually affects confidence. So. The consistency piece, I know that it's not sexy and it's probably not the most fun, but it is the key, one of the key differentiators for sure. I hadn't thought of it that way, though. The more they go through that cycle and you just said this, it's easier to quit for everything. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, you hear about people that go from one program to the other, for example. Oh, I want to learn this or I want to learn that or that sounds good or I want to try this or I want to try that but they're so in a consistent habit mm. of getting to the third stage that they're now, it makes it easier for them to rotate through things, therefore never getting to ultimately where they want to go. Exactly. And then the confidence takes a hit too. So it is very important to look at if, consistency is a thing for you, make that a, make that a, a focus for the next 90 days. Take something that you know you haven't been consistent on and work at staying consistent so that you see the results. That's going to boost your confidence, and then you can take that same skill and apply it to anything else you want to do. Yeah, I, I really never looked at it that way, Kyrie. So I, I think that's kind of a different way to look at and help people get out of that cycle. Mm hmm and really not be in that cycle anymore for those people that are frustrated, right? That they keep repeating the same thing. Now you have a way and you're aware of how you can stop that and move forward so you can make progress. Absolutely. How can someone get over what you might call the imposter syndrome to help them achieve their goals? 
Yes. Okay. So, and, and it's funny, this one was a big one for me. Imposter syndrome, the funny thing with it is it does not matter how much success you've had in the past. Imposter syndrome is there. We serve, yes, beginner entrepreneurs, but we serve also a very big community of seven and eight figure, uh, of eight figure entrepreneurs, and they go through their own imposter syndrome at so many different levels. So what really imposter syndrome is, is that feeling of being inadequate and regardless of how much success. So many different ways that it shows up for some people is that they, anything that's not 100% success is a failure for others. They need to study and study and study and study forever until they know enough <laughs> to sell their services, for example. Others have imposter syndrome in the sense that they don't ask for help ever. They don't hire mentors or coaches because they don't want to feel stupid, right? There's so many different ways that it shows up. But the, the key thing, the common denominator in all of that is that we're not acknowledging our successes. So one thing I am, um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I am the mindset and productivity master coach in our incubator. And one key way that I help people with this is to go back through your stories and identify what makes you you. What are the successes that you've had? What are the key aha moments that you've had in your life? Because if you created those aha moments for yourself, that's transformation that's possible for somebody else as well. And look at those stories that you inherited around your achievements and rehearse them. This is one thing that I did. When I left corporate three years ago to start my own business, I was used to being in a room with people. Being, uh, and those was, were very big projects, up to $6 billion in scope. So it was not small things, but I was just used to being with those people face-to-face -face in a room. The room had walls. It was easy, right? Coming online, all of a sudden, there is no boundary. Anyone can see you. Anyone can hear you and judge you. And for me, that was very hard, especially coming from a culture where I was raised to not be loud or not be visible. Anon being anonymous was better than being visible. So I had a lot of imposter syndrome coming online. Plus, the online world is very different from corporate. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to learn from scratch. And the best way for me to find my space online and to gain the confidence was to go through, okay, what have I done so far? What are all of the successes that I've that I've created, whether in corporate or in my martial arts career or even family wise? What are all the things that I've done? Even my health. I, I was able to cure myself. All the all of those things and bringing the stories to everything that I do when I'm speaking to clients or to prospects or things like that. I love to give them examples from me because I realize that people connect with that and that just reinforced my successes if that makes sense, which in turn gave me confidence. So rehearse, figure out what you've done. Every single person listening has done amazing things in a certain way. We just feel like it's not that special until we start telling the stories to other people. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's a whole new world that opens up. Figure out those aha moments you've had and look at how in your business you can implement them in your marketing, in when you're talking to clients, in uh, uh, your content and all of those things. I think a lot of us don't even think about even some small little successes. Like an example, I was leaving my chiropractor's office one day and the lady leaving turned and said to the chiropractor, I feel so much better. Yes. 
And I, when she left, I said, did you hear what she said? And he's like, looked at me like, what? And I said, she said she feels so much better. I mean, look at the impact that you're having on people and, you know, hear what they're saying. And he was just kind of about, you know, just about going about his day, helping people. I don't think he really took in or takes in the impact. And I've heard that from more than one person when I'm, you know, been there. You know, I was there the other day and and he said last week, this guy couldn't even walk in here and look at him walking in. Yes, I love that. And and we tend to downplay anything that yeah. could potentially have anything to do with us doing something good, right? We like to see it in other people, but when it comes to us, it's a little bit harder. And a lot of times it's because that's how we were raised. Like don't don't show off. Don't, you know, don't try to brag about what you know, what you do and what what you can do. So I love that example. Just yesterday I was talking to a client and she helps children with disabilities and special needs. Uh, really, she inter- introduces them to yoga. And the whole idea in our conversation was to help her figure out a way to explain to the public what what she does. And we had to dig really deep for her to start saying, oh, it's true that this client said that her child never feels as happy as when they're in the class. I was like, see, see the impact that you do or this child is actually breathing better now. But those are not things that came to her mind right away. It had to be a lengthier conversation to even bring that forward. So I love what you're saying about that example. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I think we don't think about all the things that we are doing that are successes because we don't usually look at that, look at ourselves that way. And I yeah. think it's good for us to really rethink that. And I think you said, you know, really look at all these examples when you think back. Wow. I really have done a lot. I really have mm-hmm. been successful in a lot more areas than you probably would have thought of originally. And what I do now every single day, whenever a client posts something, oh my God, this change in my life, I'm so happy, etc. I always screenshot everything and I keep it. This might be, uh, it might be silly, but since I started doing this three years ago, my life has completely changed. No more imposter syndrome, or even when it comes, we kick it to the curb very quickly. And that's because we can go back. I can go back to my photos or my journal and be like, oh my God, I did this. I helped do this, right? So that is a quick hack for you as well. Screenshot whatever, or, or record when someone says something amazing that you did for them, write it take pictures, document it. That's what I did at the beginning. And I was looking at that journal every single day. Now I just take screenshots. And when I need that boost, I just go back and check it. Yeah, I talk about actually a very similar concept. I call it the me file. Oh, love that. Yeah. So it's basically a record and it can be you know, recorded in, you know, on paper, like you said, screenshots, it can be electronic, it could be a lot of different ways that you capture information, just by somebody saying something to you, you want to write that down, so that yeah, when you do need a boost of confidence, when you do need to feel a little bit better, uh, when you're, you know, just kind of not feeling super successful for the moment, go back and look at all the things in your me file. And it really does make a huge difference. Absolutely. I love that. For those that have a team or want a team, how would you suggest that they build, I think you call it a profit warrior team? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I love this. Okay, so here's the thing. And let's go back to prioritization 
first, okay? When we talked about prioritizing, depending on where you're at in your business journey, what your team is gonna do for you is different and the, the, the work that you're doing on building your team is different. So when you're just starting your business or you're not at that 100K level yet, you're pretty much focused on mastering sales and marketing. Your team might be a small, a very small group of one to two people who help you with a lot of the logistics, the selling, et cetera. Once you've passed 100K, that is where the team becomes, like you can't get around, you can't do it without them. And most people, here's the thing, 9% of people, this is how one of our clients puts it, 9% of people who make it to the 100K, the people who make it to the 100K are 9% of the population of entrepreneurs or whether or uh, employees if you're an employee from 100k to 500k only 10% of those 9% make it okay only 10% of those 9% make it to 500k and that's because you have to deconstruct everything you did before so even the team the team there is just focused on how do i download my brain onto my team? How do I create the right processes? How do I create the right structures? How do I start building my organization with the right people in the right seat? But between that 100K to 500, that is what you're focused on in an effort to build that Profit Warrior team, okay? So processes, systems, setting up the everything, putting everything in place so that your team knows what to do, when to do it, et cetera, without needing you all the time, even though at that stage, you're spending a lot on them, on those processes. From 500K, and this is our experience, from 500K to the million, 90% of the people who make it to $500,000 make it to the million. It's been our experience across the board. And that's because now they have the systems to get to the million, you just have to do a little bit more of it. It's pretty easy. So your team is getting nailed in and, and, and is getting really focused and learning all of, uh, all of the processes and implementing, et cetera. After the million, when it comes to building the, prof, uh, the Profit Warrior team, it's all about how do I create leaders in my organization? How do I make it so that my organization does not need me to be there in order to reach the results that we've set for ourselves? And that is elevating leaders. It's more that leadership piece than just the processes and the systems and the procedures. I hope that makes sense. So it's at every single level below 100K from 100 to 500, 500 to the, to the million and beyond. You're just doing things that are different, but it's very important to, to realize that without a team, there's no way that you can do all of the things. And even if you are, because I know people who reach, you know, the 500,000 or the million dollar mark with just one person, but that person is just doing tactical admin stuff. Your business, if it relies just on you to deliver services, that is extremely, extremely dangerous. And I've seen businesses go down because life happens and the entrepreneur gets sick or whatever. The team is very important. So no matter what you're doing, you wanna think about how do I bring in someone who can also deliver services so this whole thing does not depend on me. Everyone is part of it. We teach the concept of the 4X, where you teach every single team member to generate revenue in some way, right? So that, again, the selling does not all depend on you. The servicing does not all depend on you. And that is how you build a profit warrior team. Everyone can sell. 
and and you have other people than you who can service as well. Yeah, I definitely talk to my clients about the importance of having systems and processes for sure, because not only does it help them as they grow, they need it to so they don't have to do all the training. They should have all these systems and processes in place. And it also increases the valuation of their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and and it also makes it that you're not recreating the wheel every single time. If you want to scale your business, it has to be scalable, meaning it has to, things have to be duplicatable. Things have to be already set where you're not rethinking them every single time. Absolutely. We had one client who knew somebody who had the number one person in his team decided to retire. She had documented nothing. Oh, yes. It was months before the people that were left could figure out what she was even doing and how to do it. It was just a horrible, horrible situation. And I think that a lot of times leaders let their team members push back. It takes too much time to document processes. It takes too much time to update them. It takes too much time away from all these things. And they don't really insist on the importance of them to keep them current. Absolutely. And this was my whole career before what I'm doing right now. It was helping those even corporation and organizations. I mean, that's how they get to where they're at. It's a lot of processes and procedures so that everything is is the same across the board because you don't want your selling and your servicing to be different every single day. You want your business to be predictable. You want your revenue to be predictable. You want your client results to be predictable. And you cannot have that without systems and processes in place. Absolutely. What is the best way if somebody wanted to reach out to you or connect with you? What's the best way for them to do that? Oh, yes, absolutely. The best way is to find me on Facebook or IG at Kyrie Var. I seem to be the only person with that name on social media, which is <laughs> which is phenomenal. So you can find me at Kyrie or at Kyrie Var on Facebook and Instagram and share your key takeaways uh, from this episode or any question that you have. I'd be happy to help. Awesome. Appreciate it. Well, thanks again for your very valuable time and your insight. And my goal or my hope is that people will actually implement some of the things that you talked about and let them have even greater success. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my hope for our time together with Kyrie Barr is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get more business success resources and tips, subscribe to my blog at accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.